Hello everyone and welcome to Hotline League 196. It's a huge, huge episode because we've got an amazing guest who you can see right now, uh, but I'm not going to name them yet because we have to go through the normal spiel. But it's probably been the biggest weekend in League of Legends history, at least for the last couple of years, maybe whenever they did the, the year 10 event randomly in the middle of groups. But there's a lot to talk about. Uh, getting in this question a lot. No arcane spoilers this episode, okay? We might have somebody call in with some take about arcane, like for instance, like, oh, it's so great that like this, this is happening or whatever, but you can rest assured, no arcane spoilers. Mark and I have another piece of content that's gonna go up tomorrow. Uh, right, actually, probably right around the time this video drops. Uh, and you can go take a look at that if you want spoilers. But we also have worlds, worlds, which I feel like some people forget happened. Uh, and then also a ton of off-season stuff. So there's just there's a ton of stuff to talk about on tonight's episode. But first, let me introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Great. You saw me earlier today. I did see you whenever we recorded that. Yeah, so I have nothing to say. You have Okay, well, what about the rest of the... Uh, first off, these people did not see you. And also, what's been going on the rest of the week? Worlds happened. I watched that live. I slept for five hours or whatever. I went to the premiere of Arcane. That was good. I slept some more. I played some Genshin. Now I'm here. Yeah, I, I will say um, the, the Arcane premiere was sick. Uh, Mark and I talked about this a little bit in our video, but we got to see it in like a dome they had constructed on the Riot campus where they projected elements of the show up onto the ceiling. So it was very immersive. It was very cool. I had a great time. Uh, Mark and I, the other thing he mentioned, or he forgot to mention, is that we also launched a TGI Genshin channel last week, and now we're doing uh, Genshin Impact content. We're escaping the sinking ship that is League of Legends. And as you can tell from this past week, there's just, it's just, it's they a They made dead this game. show, and it only got number one in 37 countries. So yeah, it only yeah, got exactly. six in the U.S. It's a dead game. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Record viewership on the weekend. Uh, but let's go ahead and finally introduce our guest for the week, LS, who's feeling much better, hopefully, than last week. Yeah, uh, last week was really, uh, you know, I underestimated the uh, the post-recovery from the vaccine shots. Yeah. That was, uh, I was on a commission for like six days in total. Jeez. It was rough. You got hit hard. I feel like it's norm not normally yeah. as, as bad as that, but yeah, that's crazy. Um, well, how have you been, uh, LS? You, I saw you watched. Did you do the stream for the first episode? Did you co-stream the first episode of Arcane? I missed the uh, I missed the Pacific time slot, so I ended up doing the Europe one. But I only had perms for the first episode, so I just did the first episode. Yeah. Um. But I mean, obvious. I I I really really like the series. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to the next three episodes. I like the time leap as well. Uh, that I guess they're gonna be doing. Yeah. Um. So that that's pretty good. That that's an interest. I don't I don't think I've seen a uh, anime ever do time leaps so quickly. If that makes sense. Yeah. And for know. those that don't know, uh, this is not a spoiler, but it's like there's a time skip between between Act One and Act Two at least. So. Um, yeah. Should be cool. Uh, yeah. Very good. Well, uh, good to have you on. I'm glad we were able to do that. Uh, or to finally have you on. I know, unfortunately, we weren't able to grab you last week, uh, but glad you're feeling better. Uh, and we're starting a little late this week, guys, so we're going to just go straight into... Oh, actually, I have something I have to talk about. Um, yeah, go ahead. That last week, there was some drama around some of the stuff around uh, invites, media invites to Worlds. It came out that after Riot had told media uh, that 
there was not going to be any on-site presence. It turned out that there were some LPL media, I guess, that were able to go. Uh, I, I, there's whole, you know, people who want to look into it. We don't have the time to talk about it too much on here, but I, I stand by those who are frustrated by this. Anybody who's followed my content over the past year in particular knows that I've been frustrated with all the decisions that have been made on both the LCS and global comp side. Uh, when Ashley told me about it a couple days before, I told her I was more than happy to sign the thing. So there's, you know, contrary to what I was not interested in waiting, ra uh, wading into the giant red thread about that stuff, but there seems to be some misconceptions that I was like completely fine with the situation. Uh, like it, I am just as disappointed if there are regions that are getting more favorable treatment uh, among the, the big regions or whatever than others. So uh, take that for what it for what it is, but I I am I'm all frustrated by it. I'm hoping that they get uh, to a better place with their comm strategy. So I don't know. I uh, I I just wanted to put that out there because I think that there were some misconceptions around sort of what my attitude was towards all that, and I'd rather just talk about it verbally on the the show here rather than do that. And unfortunately, we don't have like a ton of time to take a ton of calls about it. But um, just so everyone knows. That is my stance, and I've said it publicly. Um, okay. Uh, other than that, let's let's get into the calls. We've got Worlds. I know Mark has already been pulling some before the start yeah. of the show because we want to get through them. We've got Worlds. We've got uh, maybe an Arcane take. Uh, we've got Off Season. There's a lot to talk about. So, Mark, do you have anybody yet? Yep, I got a bunch. Okay, go get them. Yes, Off Mark goes. Um, thank you to everybody who's been subbing uh, and gifting subs. I see Clockcruncher gifted one to Tim, Pixelated, Evelyn Nest, uh, and BWG Testament. Thank you, everybody, for these subs. Mark has our first caller here, JK Juicy Kim. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Los Angeles, California. Oh, nice. A wonderful city. Uh, love everyone who lives here. A shithole. Anyway, <laughs> what do you well, want to talk it's... about? Uh, what oh, do you sorry. want to talk uh, about? Show, go for it. Uh, I do want to talk about the off-season set up TO, how they got a super team of Weepo, Santorum, Bjergsen, uh, Hansama, and Core JJ. I consider them as gonna be they're gonna be the next like two 2020 C9 with only one loss or no losses at all in that season. And because when you think about it, this whole uh, this whole situation of um, moving around people, but TL. Logging in that roster lineup, I feel that that is actually confirmed the most best lineup you can ever think of. Because Weepo, as a solo player, as a top in the top lane, he and during his history, he has managed to carry out his own in solo plays and two v ones and all that too. So in in that set, TO is a good uh, team for him to be setting in. Santorin has been improving very well in that world stage too. Although, you know, 3-3 three and three is not an ideal fight, but in that first fight against Mad Lions, he has shown really good improvement, a lot of uh, potential in becoming a next blabber, you could say. And Bjergsen, we can't really forget about Bjergsen here and his history and how he managed to throw, uh, lead TSM um, in that reign of seven wins and such, right? But in TL, that's going to be another huge advantage in that team setting. Um, Hansama, I think Hansama is, is, a, is an okay pick for TL. I do think that someone else would be better. But Who? 
I trust I trust TL's pick on Han Sama at that point. And Core JJ as a previous world's winner is uh, it's, uh, it just shows it just shows whatever it is. Yeah. What, but just out of curiosity, did you were you implying that you had a better option in the the like you had someone in mind that you wish they had picked up in the ADC role? I'm not sure, but to be honest, I think that Core JJ is could be fine with whoever as long as he uh call as as long as Core JJ calls it out first. Because I think Core JJ is a really good shot caller in this case. He could potentially uh win the team fights with that setting as long as he gets that pick first, like the draft pick first and manage to carry on with that team yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know if you had a specific ADC that you had like, in mind. When, when you mentioned Han Sama <laughs> You were you were like I think there's somebody else that they could have gotten or something. It sounded like you had somebody that you wanted them to go with. So I, you're so so I know you did like the full roster rundown, but I just kind of want to like succinctly button it up to uh, you think that this is going to be an uncontested North American best next year, and you think it's because they've created basically a super team. Exactly. It's like it's like 2020 scene. Like I said, no nobody would ever expect. Uh, what? Who is it? Licorice, Blabber, Niski, Sven, and Vulcan. A bunch of sold out. Like this, no, this, like as in like they paid so much money for these kind of players to not really like make to make it to like as uh, that far in LCS 2020. But when you think about it nowadays, it's like oh shoot, they actually made it out with 17 to one. I mean, now I, with this I, whole TL runaround, it's like for 2021 or 2022, you're looking at this whole lineup of TL. I'm thinking about it's like, okay, you actually, TL actually made a smart move I, here. I, I'm a little yeah. confused because, yeah, it does feel like you're you're suggesting that, like, that if, they're diff if you are saying nobody expected that from C9, I feel like that kind of stands in stark contrast to the reception I've seen from people responding to this Team Liquid roster, which seems like most people think this roster is stacked. I mean, it's true because they do have a history of that. But, and again, I have a gut feeling about this. This one is considered, I would say, the most dominant team. And unless uh, there's another team that would, like, roster up a better team, possibly it could come from C9, 100 Thieves, or, or EG. I don't, I want, I want to say C9, to be honest. While C9 is a good team, um, I do think C9's roster is a little bit gonna have a hard time okay. finding well <laughs> perks okay so so let's let's take a quick breather and let's uh switch to some of our our lineup here uh i think the one quick thing i'm going to say is like i do think it's a little early for this take just because we haven't seen the lineups from virtually like i don't know if anybody any of the other lineups have been even the kind of like pseudo locked in conversation that we've seen from from the team liquid side so who knows what C9 and TSM and others are going to field. But, Mark, what was your reaction to seeing the Team team Liquid lineup? Do you think that they are is, – is it is it time for the caller to uh, – is it correct that things are going to go uncontested next year? These guys are going to stomp everybody? I feel like it's it's less ridiculous than I think some of Twitch chat's making it. Uh, I mean, I know the, uh, you know the caller went through his take. But I just think given that Perk seems like he's leaving, we haven't heard too many plans for what they want to do. Uh, from all the rumors that we heard, it, it actually, I, I meme tweeted about like how some of the people that EG could get, but it feels like they're the only ones who might be otherwise making a big splash. TSM, we haven't heard a ton about, but it sounds like they said slightly developmental roster. 
and then it's just if if the synergy from TL can match what's already built from from Hundred Thieves, I think would be the biggest question. But on paper, I, I think TL has a little bit more talent on it. You could say maybe, but even that, I feel like is maybe a little closer. Like Core JJ versus Huhi, FBI versus Hans, Bjergsen versus Abadage, Closer versus Santorin, Someday versus Whippo. I don't feel like. TL's roster completely blows that out of the water. I mean, especially because we don't really know what state Bjergsen's going to be re-entering the league in. I mean, I, right. let's put it this way. If I had, based off all the rumors I have, I've heard so far and the things that are out there and all that stuff, like, uh, I would be putting my chips on TL to win uh, predom predominantly next year uh, because I, don't, I haven't heard anything of uh, any team that's going to, like, be able to contest it. But we also have heard time and time, we've seen super teams form time and time again, and then they just massively implode or have some huge issues and like, you know, TL week seven or something like that. They're just like struggling. I don't know. But all right, LS, your turn. Let's tag you in. What do you think? Uh, well, the, the, so the thing for me is 100 Thieves' roster is probably mostly staying intact, right? The only question mark in my head is uh, what happens with someday tenacity yeah um do we see anything end up happening there tsm's unknown c9's unknown eg's unknown uh, i think eg is a roster that a lot of exciting stuff can potentially happen because of who their residents are um which leaves open a lot of possibilities for things that they can do right and like jungle mid uh support even right if, if they build around danny and impact um being the residents on that team like that that's very solid resident status that that team has so it's pretty good there um the team liquid thing for me i i'm not totally isn't this three imports on tl so tl's banking on core uh green card yeah be, being resident uh for next split so i don't uh yeah so i guess that's what they're banking on there the other thing for me i talk about this a lot uh lately because it seems to be like the unmaking of a lot of teams um is like a stack deck personality wise and there's no way to know, I think, how this team actually functions, regardless of their individual skill, um, in the sense of a stack deck. And having like Discord conversations with each other or micro interactions, you know, and, and passing with one another is entirely different from getting along in a team environment and actually having everything mesh. And you have Bjergsen coming totally out of retirement, right? And no one actually knows what sort of shape he's in. But even prior to him leaving, we saw what happened when you're the best in NA and then you went to Worlds and then mid lane went the way that it did. Um, I mean, we we saw also, I think even this past Worlds, what happened for a lot of mid laners uh, in North America and they would go to Worlds and see how they'd stack up in mid lane. And I think that like the addition of ProView gives us a lot of insight into other things that we can suspect. Whippo going back to top lane is obviously going to be interesting, but I do think that Whippo's highest high in recent years actually was in jungle. It was it was this last split in terms of his just outright raw improvement, but also where he stood relative to other players, whereas LEC was also a lot weaker in top lane uh, this past split. So while the roster I think looks really good, 100 Thieves isn't really changing anything. There's always the stack deck issue dilemma that TL could potentially have with the team. It, it doesn't actually matter if they're all individually good. They might just all have way different views on everything. And then TSM, C9, EG are still all unknowns. Like, it's yeah. way too early to, to you, say. You, you're uh, taking the yeah. field. You have to pick TL wins everything or you take the field. Anything else happens.
I I think I think other rosters can be made that are probably equal or better than this TL roster, probably and, with like imports available. And like I said, um, unless I guess I did say it right now, unless there is another team that is building a better team than TL, I highly it's like it's like a sixty percent chance that someone else of, of of other team would build. It's like, um, right now C nine is C nine is already having Fudge as a top laner, and he's actually really good in the worlds too. That's that's a keeper for for sure. I think Blabber is 50-50, but still, I think Blabber could be kept a little bit because he has been working really good. Our field, field or TL? You're the one who brought this topic up. You know yeah, I, I, it's true. I don't want to go know, through. I know, I know. We don't have the time to go through all the C9 players. But... No, I know, I know. But uh, I just want to say those two, I feel like those are going to keep her. But apart from that, like you can't really face off against Buipo and Santorin. Santorin has... So you're taking TL? Beaten, yeah. yeah, TL, definitely, yeah. Okay, I'm with you, man. TL, ride or die, they're the greatest team ever invented in North America and we'll never see anything better either. Wow. Fudge sucks. Fudge and Revenge about to get bodied all year long by Bwipo. Thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Any other North American tops in chat I can flame? Before we Who take else? a quick break. Uh, I do want to shout out for LS because LS, I know there are people who are fl uh, not flaming, but like, uh, contradicting and like looking at weirdly at LS, but I, I honestly think LS is a big brain, big brain streamer, and I honestly <laughs> think that he's very like good, you know. So th thank you, LS, for just being there for us. Well, especially Have after his night. fudge analysis just now, I I can't I can't mm -hmm. agree more. Thank you so much, uh, yeah. Kim, for the next uh, for the call, <laughs> and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Okay. A, a brick brain. I was like, wait, that's a great <laughs> brick brain. Honestly, yeah. Are you a big brain or are you a brick brain? It's a little bit of both. It's a big brain and it's filled with bricks. That's the uh, that's LS. Uh, okay. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break to talk about Alienware, our sponsor uh, for Hotline League and so much of what we do over here at. Travis Gafford Industries. Uh, go check out Alienware.com/travis right now, please. If you're driving, pull over to the side of the road. You know, don't get anyone in danger. But click on the big banner up at the top that says "Check out the new Alienware Aura" because that's the new beautiful thing that you can get uh, with delivery dates ahead of Christmas. Which these days, you know, it's like it's sometimes hard to get things uh, delivered in time. But everything uh, on the site right now, you're seeing at least at least for the U.S., uh, you can get it before Christmas time, and some even in November. So. Uh, go check that out. There's a uh, discount code. I know um, some folks were having some issues with it, so I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, but feel free to check it in. If not, we might update it in the description uh, later on. But we love Alienware so much for sponsoring the show and so much of what we do. And I just I want you guys to really take a look at their R13 and R14 uh, notebooks, or sorry, notebooks, desktops, including the beautiful uh, glass ca uh, side panels that you can get for some of these. You should you should go take a look. It's an optional upgrade, I think, and. And almost all, if not all of them. And uh, it just really makes these things shine. I can't wait to get mine. I've placed my order through them. So uh, hopefully when I have that, we'll be able to do some sort of unboxing, uh, which would be swell. Again, uh, check out Alienware.com slash Travis. There's a link in the description below. And uh, we love Alienware. All right. Mark off. Oh, Hello. Mark. Mark's already pulled the next person who is LCS Wulu. LCS Wulu, where are you calling from? Hello, hello. I'm calling from uh, Toronto, uh, Canada. 
Are you actually the person with the LCS Wulu account? Yes, I am the actual person. Can you Wait, can is you, the LCS can you tweet is the LCS Wulu different than the LEC Wulu? Yes, yes. LCS Wulu is different than yes. I don't know the Wulu yes. the, the the life of the Wulus. I don't know what's going you have to pay on a... Oh, go ahead. Like I watched his his their like the stream when they did the spreadsheet and I think the language of the Google sh spreadsheet was not English, so it's not me. Um, can you like? Wait, tweet? there's actually a Wulu meta. What? Yeah, yeah. Well, one, can you do me a favor and can you tweet from the LCS Wulu account just so that we can verify that it's you? Um, yeah, and two, do you have to you make him verify. Yes. Do you have to pay a franchising right. fee to LEC Wulu for the title? Is that is there like a Wulu franchise that goes on? No, there's a lot of Wulu accounts, but uh, so far, no. Okay. Why so like, do I just like at at Travis Gafford? Or yeah, like, sure. Go for it. Is go it, for how it. do you like join the Wulu clan? Do you yeah. have to like guess the rumors just, right, or do you just have to make some up? I made an account last year. Like, I made this account last like uh, July 2020. Like, yeah, I just made it like as a parody account for. Yeah. Uh, for Travis. wait, can I can I ask a question? For, uh, yeah, Does anyone ahead. know if Wulu chose Wulu because it's a sheep and like it's a it's a play on Jacob Wolf? Is that? Oh, that's interesting. I had not thought of that. Is that oh. actually like the reason for that? I don't know if it was that or like your sheep you for don't... following the rumors. Oh, so you're, so you're saying that LSD Wulu can't think that deep is what you're saying? <laughs> I didn't. I I don't know. <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wulu. I don't know the origins of why. LCS Wulu confirmed. Tweeted tweeted at me. Uh, okay, so you have the LCS Wulu account. All right, what do you, what what's your what's your take? So, my take is uh, I believe that TSM, NC9, and or 100 Thieves should go all out in spending for next year because uh, Worlds is an NA. And then I have some roster rumors. I just want to get your guys's take on. Sure. So what, okay. Why, what, first off, why only those teams? And, uh, I guess you're just saying it's kind of a self-explanatory, like you want a good roster to field for next year. Willu. I think, sorry, could you repeat that? Sorry. Yeah. I guess, uh, I guess my question that. is you listed only three teams there. Like why not EG for instance, or FlyQuest or golden guardians? Like why, why uh, only those ones? Like, I, like, I don't know if, uh, like FlyQuest and Golden Guardians, like they have the money to yeah. field, like the all-out roster, and uh, I, like I didn't mention TL because like they already have a projected team that would probably cost a lot of money, right? Sure. Um, but what about EG? Like, is a Wulu? Because there geniuses? was the announcement. Uh, Oh, there, there was the announcement about, like how Jensen like might not play next year. So like, I heard the rumor was like E.G. Jensen, and so okay. like I don't know if they should uh, still go all out and try to find some big names, or if they should uh, stick with like uh, JoJo. Gotcha. Okay. What is yeah. your what are your rumors that you wanted to share? Uh, my rumors. The first of all, the TSM rumors are uh, humanoid tactical Vulcan and Giliotto to round out the rosters. And okay. I was just wanted to get your guys' uh, opinion on that. Uh, humanoid, tactical, Vulcan, and then coaching Giotto. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Well, I will say tactical, I think, is I like I had heard tactical for a while. I think a lot of people assume that that was a thing after the Team Liquid stuff had been sorted. Um, Vulcan is interesting. So I've heard he has a pretty big buyout. And so if they're grabbing him, they're going to have to spend that. Humanoid is also very interesting. Uh, I know there's been a lot of conversation about how Humanoid is like committed to going to North America, so I'm curious to see how that pans out. Um, Giotto, yeah. I I would believe if like if you I don't know if you're saying you have sources or whatever, but that makes sense to me because I'd been hearing for a while that there was a chance, even though he's under contract, that uh, he was looking to try to to see if he could negotiate an exit to go to one of the higher tier teams, and that there were some higher tier teams interested in him. So. Uh, I mean, that, all of that sounds very believable to me. Um, well, and for the, the Gilhoto point, November 6th, uh, Mike Schwartz, the guy was, I, I mean, I don't know exactly his role in the team, but he was pretty high up. And I'm pretty he was sure like their he director brought, of esports, yeah. Right. I, I assume the one he, he who brought Gilhoto over. And so yeah. if that's like your man at Immortals dipping out, maybe you can you can wiggle out and go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it is, by the way, it is fascinating to me whenever you see somebody in like their director leaving in the middle of the off season situation is it's just wild to me. Um, but yeah, that I could definitely see all this seems reasonable to me. Um, okay. LS, we had Marco first last time. So what do you, what would you make of that lineup? Um, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I would say that's worse than team liquids lineup, uh, the aforementioned TL lineup. So I, I don't really put much weight into that. Um, I don't under. I, I don't think humanoid is like a a, a power import. Um, if that's what TSM is going to be trying to do, it just, it just seems a little bit weird to me. Um, like you're not impressed by that lineup. No, I'm not, I'm not. I think I think that I think that's much worse than Team Liquid's lineup. Yeah. Yeah, it feels weird because. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I would say like the thing about it is like you're in this position now where I think a lot of teams see that Team Liquid lineup and you have to justify the money you're going to spend as being able to compete with it in that sense, right? Like if you're like, okay, yeah, we'll bring over all these imports to get second and, and still go to Worlds, I guess, and, and try and make some noise. But it does feel weird if, if you don't think you can compete with, with TL. I mean, to, to Wulu's point... It, you definitely want to be okay. If I was one of these top teams, I would want to ensure that I was going to Worlds next year. Maybe, you know, Andy looks at what he spent last year and he's like, "I don't want to do that again." And if you look at what Steve is probably spending this year, like I would imagine that that Team Liquid roster is like the most expensive roster that might have ever been built in League of Legends history, um, especially if you consider. Uh, I'm sure he had to pay a pretty penny for. Hansama. I'm also very curious, like if Jensen is saying he might not be playing next year, there's a world where he's not going to be able to, like Steve's not going to be able to recoup any money for the Jensen buyout. So anyway, I, if you're Andy and you're looking at uh, TL, it, it might just be a world where nobody wants to compete with that from a spending perspective. Uh, and so if you put together this lineup, like let's say, let's say Cloud9 uh, goes... You know, like there's, there's obviously in this scenario they wouldn't have Vulcan. Uh, there's rumors that they're getting Niski, but there's also been some rumors they might promote Copy. 
uh, Zven, from my understanding, has is actually sticking around. Like they were gonna leave. I I think at some point in that time, Cloud Nine and Zven just decided like, whatever, let's just stick together. Um, and so uh, I feel like if you're Andy and you're like, well, EG's gonna run some development roster probably. Maybe they do the JoJo Pion thing. You're like, ah, I'm spending enough with this roster to still make it to Worlds and. I don't want to deal with the budget that Steve has. So let's, this is fine. You know, that, that is, that is why I could see this happening and it making sense from a TSM perspective. Wulu. Yeah. Cause, cause Go I ahead. feel like TSM, they have, they certainly have the money to, to, to go all in. Cause like they paid what? 6 million for, for Sword Art, and then you left after one year. Like, I don't know if they have to pay him the full six million. Like, I don't know how that works after, like, if... I would be shocked. After one year, he's let go. So, yeah, they definitely have the the money to, uh, to like, spend. I just don't know if they're, if they're going... As, as you mentioned, like, I don't think anybody's... Like, I agree. Like, I don't think anybody's going to compete with TL in terms of spending because yeah. like I don't think it's like like even if you try to spend as much as TL spent like I don't think it's possible yeah that's... yeah uh anyway I I I said it's an interesting proposal Wulu on on what that lineup looks like and uh we will have to see how things go I I'd be really interested to see what the TSM fans reactions uh would be uh, so thank you so much, Wulu, for the call. Anything you want to shout out uh, before we move on to our next caller? Uh, shout out to uh, the TSM Discord for saying TSM Chovy every single day. <laughs> they uh, they are there as well for for the but Chovy's available spam. Yes, the yeah. Chovy and the Dago stuff. I feel like they yeah, because I'm in I'm in mm -hmm. the TSM Discord and every day. They're like TSM Chovy, TSM Chovy. I'm like, yeah, oh. yeah. I yeah. I would be shocked if Chovy ends up in North America, but who knows, maybe. Yeah, anyway, knows. thanks so much, Wulu, for the call, and we'll catch you All next right, time. All right, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, yeah, have a good one. Bye. All right, on to the next caller. We're, we're th rolling through these tonight so that we can get enough in because there's so much to talk about. Uh, thank you, uh, .mp4, I think I know who you are. Uh, thank you to Clock Cruncher for gifting a sub to Mark. I'm sure he's thrilled. Uh, C. Pralter, uh, Habib, uh, and a large Farva. Thank you for gifting the five subs. Uh, the dog is here. The dog, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Pleasantville, New York. New York, the suburbs of New York City. Suburbs of New York City. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, I want to talk about this being the absolute best world yet so far. Hey, we actually have a world's take. Thank God. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, what do you... <laughs> A North American who cares about worlds? I didn't know if you existed after last week's show. Um, okay, why was this world's the best worlds ever? Um, there's a little setup first. Sure. And it is every single person, whether they actually watched worlds or new teams or not, rooted for Damwon. Every single so, person? I, I really think that. I, I feel like there's probably like, uh, some people that were affiliated with EDG. like 20 a, million Chinese fans who would yeah, disagree. Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay, I mean, the North American side did want, did want Damwon. I really think that. Uh, obviously, the Chinese 
Poole wanted EDG, let's be fair. Um, but the reason I think it was the best one yet is because, first off, Damwon beat SKT and Faker. Every, everyone knows Faker is the best T1 player in the world. Everyone knows Faker. Um, and so many people kind of saw that as like being the finals world's match. And um, once Damwon beat them in the second best of five, uh, everyone kind of just was rooting for Damwon to follow up. EDG uh, won, let's see, they won, they went to best of five in five games, uh, five matches, right? And then they finally go against Damwon in the finals, uh, who had beaten SKT in two best of fives. T1. We're like at this volcano of excitement finally. Um, we know it's Khan's last match before military service. Uh, everyone knows about the Jungle Canyon, whether they actually watch Damwon matches or not. Um, everyone knows Showmaker not being the next faker. He He's literally the Showmaker. Barrel roaming everywhere into my bedroom window. Okay, go, 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 uh, go, go. Get, 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 to, get to your point. And here's EDG that gets to finally topple these guys who, who uh, made a humongous name for themselves. And the reason I think it's the best Worlds yet is because um, so many people are like hung over from it still and uh personally i am so thirsty for the next one coming up and that is why it is was the best world so far it had the hype and it still is lingering and i am so thirsty for worlds 2022 so for you it's just like you felt like the uh sounds like you really felt like the bracket stage really delivered uh, it's just like the, the matches were sick cool. you had all this hype and all that stuff and it just it was great yeah it, exactly there was Wait. tons of hype, and uh, there were big names involved. Uh, there was an underdog story, in a sense, kind of toppled the big name, um, and I think that drove drove some some storylines and some drama. All right. So before I say my take, LS, do you agree or not? Uh, no, I, I well, I don't, I don't agree. Um, sorry, All right, well, let's take the side of whatever you take. You, you don't agree. Okay. All right, go for okay, it. Okay, okay, I. So I'll say what I said on Twitter, that I thought this was one of the largest upsets in world history. And uh, I, I know Freak chimed in um, with the, the magical Imagine before his tweet, um, you know, before he actually said his point. The reason I think it was an upset was because if you watch EDG's gameplay, uh, prior to the tournament starting, uh, I, I think EDG, Damwon, T1FPX are like tournament favorites, right? Tournament actually starts, and EDG's gameplay from uh, groups to their quarterfinals match versus RNG, to their semifinals match versus uh, Genitalia Gaming, and then obviously like leading up to the finals, everyone just thinks they're going to get stomped by Dom1, and I, I think the reason it's an upset is because all of their gameplay from groups up until that series, including even like them dropping the, the scrim games to the McDonald's like EU roster on, on Twitter, which... I mean, people can say what they want about that, but everything just looks really dissatisfactory about the team before the finals. And then it goes to game five, and then it ends the way that it does for Dom1. The final didn't really do it for me until game five, because that was the first moment that it actually felt real. Everything else just felt really messy and sloppy, and I think because of the manner in which EDG reached the finals, it was not very fun. Um, I, I think if, you know, you have Don Juan versus Gen G, uh, Gen G no, never does anything historically versus Don Juan. I think 
Gen G was causing a lot of uh, fan hate, sort of, and, and just the way that they play, the way that they do everything, right? You had Karnakov have his bake down. I don't know. I, I don't think this was a... I don't think it's, like, technically a bad finals in the sense that this is the first one in so long that went to five games and the fact that, you know, the fifth game actually did see EDG win. Um, but I don't think this was a good final by any means. Just sorry, when you say that, you just mean from like a gameplay perspective, like you felt like both teams were not yes, playing. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Did my microphone work? Or did I just break my microphone? Oh, we're good. Your, your, uh, okay? your microphone does sound very different now. I think I broke it. Oh well, we'll figure it out. Am I? Am I? Un, am I painful to listen to? It's remarkably worse. Maybe you finish your take on this, and then we you you investigate while Alice and I fill. But why, why don't you say say your spiel, Mark? It's definitely using like a different microphone. All right. Well, like while Mark decides, Mark is not going to say his spiel right now. So I will while he's troubleshooting. Hello, hello. It's hello? still yes. It's still please stop. Um, uh, oh, and LS is also fleeing because something is happening. Um, here, <laughs> Dude, time for me to fire. step in and shine. It's Travis yeah. time here on Hotline League. Okay, uh, I have mixed feelings about this world a ton. I it's very funny because. I almost feel like I cursed it by being like, uh, you know, like I almost kind of hope that this is like the bad worlds that fixes that forces Riot to fix the format, especially because there's no audience or anything like that. Uh, and then and then we ended up just having like crazy upsets, crazy stuff happening, like the uh, you know four way tie in Group D, and and so it's I I I'm set here. I have to sit here and I've been thinking about this I think since uh, Saturday where I'm like okay. Um, was this like the best worlds ever? And I was just sort of, I had these like weird expectations for it. So now it's kind of skewed where I'm at. Um, I think the upset was incredible. It was super fun to see happen. I will admit that I did not, like, I was not excited for finals. And like last week we didn't, I think, talk about finals barely at all. And I felt like most people were not excited about finals. And so the worst thing in that scenario is, you end up with a, a situation where it just plays out the way it was going to. And the fact that EDG was able to show up and, and push it to five games, I think is remarkable. For me, it's going to be tough not to consider this the Worlds where there was like never an audience, where finals was like the, the show open was like kind of an arcane promo, uh, and then the players are standing, and then they immediately went to it. Like It's tough for me... Um, when you look at this world's collectively and cohesively across everything that happened on the broadcast and the way that the brackets were drawn and all that stuff is being like not the best, but I will agree that from like a results perspective, it was really exciting and, uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm kind of threading the needle there a, a bit. And I apologize to people who want me to just like major pick one side or not. Uh, but it's sort of like the collective mixed feelings that I have about the event as a whole. Uh, Mark, how's your audio? I think what happens is it's just using my, my headset microphone. I think this thing's doomed. Okay. It got well, caught on my chair when I tried to slide away. It's just like yoinked this and now it's just broken. The headset microphone is acceptable for, for now too. It's a wonderful oh, yeah. Alienware headset. So we'll, but you and I will work on getting you a desktop microphone. Yeah, well, yeah that we'll works. do that. Great. Um, so I think the finals being this good, I, I mean, I, I know what else is saying where it didn't feel like it's possible that maybe EDG was, was going to be able to win. 
Um, because like even the first game that they won was like the con first time ever playing Yasuo top kind of thing, and it felt kind of troll. Um, but you know the, the fact that they actually came back and won the next couple, I, I think a lot of the games were kind of slow actually through the first like ten to fifteen minutes. There weren't like a ton of kills often. Um, but other than that, I, I really liked it. The upset potential, but I don't think an upset necessarily means it, it's a great tournament as a whole. Because, like, you, I mean, I said I would take the side of this, and I won't, I guess, because enough other shit went wrong in this call already. I'll just say what I think. Uh, um, that it just, there were, I would rather have hype leading into the finals and then, like, a decent finals than, like, no hype going into the finals. Everyone thinks it's going to be dumb one, and it's upset. Like, that was really cool, but it did make the, the lead-up feel a little weird. There's a bunch of problems with the event, like you said. It felt like we kept being on the verge of really shitty... <clears throat> um, yeah. What? Yes. <laughs> is I, I just I just made a bunch of great points that totally defeated everything you said. We'll just leave it there. Yeah. He's he's just kidding. He was agreeing with you, LS. Uh LS uh, is back for the audio listeners. Um, uh, no, I was just saying that there were, we, I think we this was a tournament that had a lot of like dis disaster type scenarios that we could have faced down that we didn't end up getting. Like the all eastern uh quarterfinals or the Gen G versus uh, Dom Juan finals. Like, there were a bunch of these things that could have gone wrong that didn't end up going wrong. Um, but it just felt okay. Like, I, I was happy with it. I think that you could say it's the best finals ever, maybe, because a lot of finals before, even the, the other 3 2 that we've ever had, which was Samsung versus SKT, that was like a really fluky game, like five game series where SKT could have slammed them in 3 0 and then fucked around real hard in game three. Game four, they legitimately lost. And then game five, they once again just absolutely slammed them. And it was like, well, SKT was never really not the best team. So um, lack of crowds and some of this other stuff, I think, holds it back from being a, a, a great tournament. Um, but some of that stuff was outside you know, the control of the tournament. So I, I still think it was really good. But I, I mean, I the results are also ever. outside the control of the tournament, uh, to be fair. Yeah, I just mean like... <laughs> There are some things going on in the world outside of the league esports scene. Like sometimes you just get like you know, like sometimes the world just shit because the meta sucks. You know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, technically that's outside the scope of the tournament, but at least you're saying like this tournament wasn't good for this reason. This is like, well, what yeah. Are you gonna do? This is a, a global issue. Yeah. Uh, all right, dog. It seems like people are not sold on here. This was the best worlds I ever take. Unfortunately. Hey, at least we didn't get a sweep again. I mean, that's, that's fair. True. That's true. It. I don't think anyone is saying that this was a bad Worlds. Um, I, I think... There's been way worse finals than this. Yeah, yeah. Especially we have a room finals. to grow. Yeah. Either way, thank you so much, Dog. Is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, let's shout out Mountain Dew Game Fuel, my girlfriend, X Charmfire, our dog, and all the bros. You guys know who you are. Holla. Thank you so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. Um, I was gonna ask since this was the kind of the world's call LS. I didn't. I didn't see. Did you go hard on your other content leading into the world's uh, championship about how Domin was gonna smoke EDG? Because well, yeah. I mean, I was. I was. I was the three zero. I mean, I thought the series would just be really. I mean, I didn't. So at the start of the tournament, I thought if they met, it was gonna be fine, right? But everything leading up to it was just like a disaster i mean that, yeah. that, that I, I think I, I don't know but somehow also simultaneously i became like the um 
I became the pinata for like Don Juan losing out of all the people who <laughs> predicted it. Even though there's so many people with identical two-zero predictions. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really weird. It's really, really weird. I mean, it, yeah, that's it, what it was funny. Was even I was getting, I mean, you definitely were getting it way, way, way worse. But I even I had like rando people. I, I assume they're like LPL fans that have made Twitter accounts because I will look and they'll have no profile picture and like no followers. And they'll just be tweeting being like, all the Western media thought that, uh, Mark, you're, you're um, picking up the audio a little bit on your speaker. Uh, maybe uh, change your noise gate. Um, I don't think that's the solution. Um, I I saw there was a, there were these accounts that were just tweeting and being like, oh, all you Western analysts were so biased towards Damwon and like, you all wanted EDG to lose and you were all rooting. This is what you get. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I uh, I don't. So I was going to say, I, I assumed that LS got a lot of, like, the shit. Because I saw Dom tweeting about it, too. And, like, I think everyone predict, like, most people predicted Dom won 3-0 based off. It was, yeah, yeah people were predicting either 3-0 or 3-1. Like, in the 3-1 uh, were the people that didn't want to predict 3-0, I feel like. Right. And, like, all week long, I was saying, oh, this is a 3-0. This is a 3-0. Like, can't wait to start playing Genshin Impact after they get 3 0 And I'm, like, just memeing it the whole time. And luckily, no one gives a fuck about me enough to, like, come after me when I'm wrong. <laughs> but, like, I, I just saw so many people getting shit. Like, such hindsight. Like, how could you have have thought this? And, like, they just crawled out of the woodworks. It was it was very funny to me how, how rampant it got. And I don't know how many of them were LPL lovers versus LCK slash specific personality haters. Uh, but it... Because, like, I, I don't think many Chinese fans give a shit what we think, honestly. I feel like Western fans who have strong opinions about other things care what we think. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, uh, I we can all suffer together. Okay, Mark basically said, I don't think I saw a single EDG prediction from anyone that didn't have ties to the LPL. Yeah, yeah. Even uh, even Kelsey Moser, who's a huge LPL fan, uh, predicted a damn one. Though she said it would go five games, so I guess she got the closest. Um, Mark, you want to go grab our next caller? Yeah. Off Mark goes. Sorry about the audio issues, guys. Blame Mark and his uh, inability to not break a microphone in the middle of the if show. Mark just had an alienware.com slash Travis Gafford uh, Travis. slash Travis Aurora. He probably wouldn't be having these issues. That's true. That's true. Uh, Cinderblock, thank you for the nine uh, months. Janitor five and Dragon Pasta. All right. C9 Blaine is here. Blaine, you were on the show previously, yes? A couple times? Yeah, I think this is like my fifth time. Jesus. Uh, well, you've been around for a while, I think. So where, <laughs> remind everyone where you're calling from. North Vernon, Indiana. North Vernon, Indiana. What do you want to talk about on the show? All right, I wanted to say that I've been watching professional NA League since 2013, and this is the worst offseason if everything I'm hearing is true, like in the history since what? I started watching. Just for L LCS, you mean? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very excited about this take. Okay, go for it. Well, most of it had to do with Team Liquid, but our first two callers kind of like completely destroyed that. So I'm going to change my take up a little bit. I don't know how all these top teams are like blowing up their rosters or downgrading and just letting Team Liquid have all the good like signings. Just sitting down and letting them have them all. That's not like them at all. Like, we just give them the super team and we just sit down and downgrade just to get shit on later on? Like, what are they doing? 
so we don't know quite certain that they're downgrading. Is there anything in particular you mean, like the rumors to specifically call stuff out, like perks yeah, yeah. obviously, but but potentially Vulcan, potentially TSM going a younger route. Um, right, right, right. EG yeah. can potentially go a younger route if they go Jojo Pyun and some other stuff, right? Like, so you're saying there's a, there's a chance that a lot of teams actually downscale their spending and roster strength. Yeah, right. It, like, uh, like C9 saying they might get Niski back. Is what I'm hearing, and then maybe bring in Isles. Like, I'm not too sure about that guy. And then TSM saying they're doing like maybe a developmental roster for the most part. And then Hunter Thieves, like, yeah, Hunter Thieves are great in the summer, but Cloud9, TSM, and uh, Team Liquid kind of had some roster problems throughout the summer, so not sure how that's going to work. But it just seems like I don't know what they're all thinking, and Team Liquid's just going to shit stomp everybody. That's kind of why I didn't want to go on that, because our first two callers said that. But I just don't know what the orgs are thinking or doing, because I know they have the money. So Core JJ in the chat spamming emotes, uh, including a Pentakill emote. He's he's enjoying this take. Uh, on Sama emotes, too. Oh, nice. There you go. Nice. I'd love to see it. Uh, okay, Mark, do we have an EG take later? Or should I should I launch into my EG take? Go into it. Go What's into that? it, sir. Get into Go it? Okay. Go into it, sir. Here's what I'm going to say. Uh, specifically on your point, I think that you are correct. There is a very scary world here where LCS, well, provisionally correct, where LCS actually has like a very weird offseason and, and perhaps a bad one, arguably where TSM does not put together a particularly compelling roster, especially compared to what they've done previously and what TSM has done, or sorry, uh, Team Liquid has done this year, where Cloud9 just kind of like pulls back a ton. Uh, you know, I by the way, I think Niski's great, and I think people are, I, I'm disappointed that there is a lot of criticism. Like, I think them getting Niski is a best case scenario for them, not necessarily to say that there's not better mid laners out there, but like, I hope they get Niski, and you should hope they get Niski too, because if not, I'm guessing they're going to be running Copy. We'll see. Um, no, no offense against Copy. I actually don't know much about him. Uh, but uh, I don't hear anybody talk about him the way they do JoJo. Well, uh, what? I actually wanted to get LS's take on something. Okay, well, is... LS could speak whenever I'm done with my spiel, Blaine. <laughs> I'm not what done talking yet. Um, uh, so... Uh, <laughs> So there's there's a world where that happens, and then like EG doing their development stuff, which under under normal years, I would be very excited about. Uh, this year, I am not as excited about because I'm like this is within the context of like TL and Hunter T being you know Hunter T staying the same is like cool for Hunter T. I don't know what I would do if I was their GM, but like it's not whatever. So it feels like there's a world where like most people only really care too much about team liquids roster next year and maybe hundred T if um, they can run it back. Uh, there is a roster out there that is a theoretical roster out there that could exist. And I, my favorite would thing would be if it lands at EG and I, I almost want to do a video cause I know that um, Tim did a video talking about how he thought it would be a huge mistake if EG went with Jensen noted Jensen Hater, Tim Seven Houston, uh, where where I actually disagree. I think a, an amazing, amazing lineup for EG. Like this is this is their chance where there's a chance TSM and C9 drop out. EG could climb up into the top three from a like a fandom perspective and from a competitive perspective potentially by just keeping impact, 
doing something interesting, like maybe importing like a, a jungler, running Jensen mid, uh, Vulcan support, and then I know, I know, uh, people are going to say stuff about me, but running double lift ADC. That would be the second most hype team in the league based off of everything that I'm hearing right now, unless uh, C9 and TSM go do something huge. So copying my tweet from earlier about regurgitating the old TL lineup. Who could they get? Are they are they could get Brock Broxa as jungle? I don't they think they should get Broxa. As Broxa, yeah, or yeah, Smithy. yeah. But I, it's like I actually do think that that would be a great lineup and would immediately make EG the topic of a huge amount of conversation in fandom if TSM and C9 don't field compelling rosters next year, and so. Uh, but that might not happen. I don't think it'll happen. Uh, this is not like, that's me saying I wish it would happen. And I think that that's like the, the cool thing that they could do. TSM could do something very similar, right? Like they could go sign Jensen, Doublelift, and Vulcan. I think that's less interesting if they don't have impact. Um, but, uh, I, I don't think C9 is going to do it because they, I think they've, they've secured Sven and, uh, they're the ones that are selling Vulcan. So, or trading his contract. So, uh, that's kind of where I'm at, but I am. I have very mixed feelings about, feelings about this offseason, and I I worry that there's a chance to our first I think it was our first caller that Worlds in North America has uh, next year is a, is in a really weird place where we've fielded like really unhype rosters at the top. I hope I'm wrong, and there's a chance there's a you know decent chance I am, but that's kind of where my mind is at on these things. Blaine, what is your fucking question for LS that you interrupted me for? I'm I'm sorry, Travis, <laughs> but uh, I was saying he said earlier that uh. Well, no, what I want to say was I watched uh, Wulu's uh, stream and I watched everybody that's been signed by now from LEC. And there's not a lot of good pickings here. So I, I, I don't know what they you're, could You're feel saying we haven't done a good enough job be... of pillaging the LEC this offseason? Right, right. A supermarket aisle just picking shit off the shelf from the <laughs> LEC. But it's like, LS, what do you, what do you think? Because you said they could make a, as good a team as Team Liquid or a better one. Um, I mean, there's there's players that might be on teams, but they're obviously available, right? Or or the, in theory, they're available, right? Um, you, you I mean, Reckless uh, still has no team. Uh, Teddy on T1 uh, is always something that any team realistically. I mean, if you're making an argument about importing any carry, technically Teddy on T1, uh, in theory even if he is signed with T1, probably is something that you can have in a conversation. Um, so, I mean, th those are just two immediate things that pop up, right? Uh, there's other Korean players that I think aren't immediately thought of when it comes to importing. Inspired is obviously another conversation. Um, for Jungle, I, th I think people in chat were actually saying Inspired Jungle. Uh, for EG, like, this is always a possibility. Um, I think there, there's a lot of combinations that people aren't like immediately thinking of when when you think of people that can actually be imported to North America. Or TSM Chovy. Uh, I really hope not. You know, I mean, <laughs> is it that you just don't want to see the Church of Chovy get relocated from uh, Korea to NA? Is that your problem with it? 
it's not going to be a church anymore. That's going to be like the the Joel Austin of <laughs> like I don't even know. Yeah, what the, like one of the, that, the churches in the South, you know, the ones where they got the preachers like roaming around, dancing, throwing holy water at people. It's just going to be a new look for the Church of Chovy. It's like a corrupted yeah. Diablo <laughs> church, you know. It's like it becomes satanic. Uh, you pull back, you you start looking at all the murals, and you start to realize they're all they're all evil themed. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Angelical <laughs> uh, but I mean, for especially from a, a viewership and hype perspective, I know a lot of people are going to be excited about Bjerg, but like I, I, fuck, man. Like I, I hope somebody runs the Jensen Vulcan double lift lineup because I think that that would be very exciting. And who knows? Like I'm not saying double is going to come back and like shit on everyone or whatever, but like. Even in a world where like Danny stays on on EG and TSM sign double lift or uh, whatever, like I would I would be excited to see that face off. People would I think enjoy and it would create a ton of conversation. Like, can this guy who just unretired deal with the the new exciting rookie? Uh, well, no longer rookie, but you get the point. Um, so I don't know. I'm hopeful for something exciting like that. Uh, but right now, quite frankly, the only team that has me really excited. For next year is team liquid um and i maybe tsm and c9 will will change yeah i mean it sounds like some of the issues around buyouts and like unlocking gents and potentially in some of this stuff um but i'm hoping that the the prices drop enough and one thing i was kicking around with you travis earlier was what if we just like start pooling our money like we just read it and ls's fans and our fans all start pooling our money together and we just gave like an angel investor cash injection into one of these teams to randomly True give them this lineup like it's so Golden true guardians just slam them in there they have licorice too we don't even need to get him a new top laner he, he, he's fine he'll do um you know just just find one of these teams that we think deserves it i i like that uh can we create a, a multi-branded team like gold golden guardians or FlyQuest merge with uh church of chovy uh tgi and our league of legends and we just create some sort of uh amalgamate brand uh that is just like the shit poster a team I, I think that would be great uh yeah no i don't know i'm yeah everybody keeps talking about mr beast team in the chat too uh we will see oh danon says i'll ask gsw how they feel about twitch donations okay so maybe maybe golden guardians will take this deal. just, just start up a stream danon and put a sub goal for bjergsen at a hundred <laughs> or a double at a hundred thousand twitch subs well here's the other thing okay wait you said we have a jensen call right mark Jensen call, yeah. Okay. Uh, here's the one thing I will mention, though, while we're on the topic of this offseason. I'm pretty – Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the all-pro for summer in the mid lane was Jazuke, uh, Power of Evil, Jensen, or maybe Jensen, Power of Evil. Those were the three, though, right? Twitch chat. No, Abadage. And... Oh, yeah, Abadage was up there. Fuck. Abadage was up there. Uh, I don't even know if it was POE. I think POE did not make it. I think POE did not mm -hmm. make it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Papa Who's Smithy. Third? Papa oh. Smithy now offended because I forgot about Abadage months after you the thing has happened. You said something about 100 Ds. If you say anything once, it doesn't even have to be in a mirror. It doesn't have to be three times. Papa Smithy emerges as yes. soon as you utter anything about 100 yes. Ds. Um, anyway, fine. Yeah, Let's uh, okay. Setting aside Abadage, I do think that like the top four, uh, maybe somebody would put Perks in there, whatever. Anyway, Jazuke, POE. And Jensen, there's a chance that none of the three of these guys are playing on an LCS team next year, and maybe they don't have teams in general. 
Like I don't I don't know what the the three of these guys are doing. You saw Jensen on on stream talking about how I might not have a place. We're going to talk about that later. I know, but um, I think that that is crazy. I think that's actually crazy. Um, and I, it's it's really unfortunate for the league. So people make memeing Jazuke. He was number one all pro in in the mid lane. Um, Blaine. Wait, Mark, did you give much of a take on this stuff? I know Alice and I talk, but I don't know if you have any. I see the shit the whole time. I think it's fine. Okay. Uh, Blaine, anything you want to shout out um, before we go on to the next caller? Oh, uh, yeah. Shout out Alienware. Shout out Game Fuel. I buy it pretty often. If you need a good pick-me-up, good thing to get. Uh, shout out to you boys. Love the show always. Shout out to you, LS. Nice to finally talk to you. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You guys have a good night. Thanks so much for the call. No problem. All right. Off Mark right. goes to get the next caller. Uh, thank you to... Oh, a bunch of people subbed. Nice. Uh, uh, D9 gifted a sub. Uh, Kiko, thank you. Uh, Cherry Lace, 38 months. Maury Wakes, thank you. Sky, Sky G, 007, uh, for the sub and the bits, or the community sub and the gifts. And then Happy Donge, thank you. Uh, is it Capper or Caper? Uh, it is Caper. Caper. Where are you calling from? Uh, California. California. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Hey, another LA caller. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, honestly, it's pretty simple. I think TL is making a massive mistake replacing Jensen for Bjergsen. Oh, here I we think, go. Uh, I think Jensen was TL's best performing player at Worlds this year. I think Jensen has consistently performed better than Bjergsen internationally over his entire career. I don't think uh, Jensen honestly ever gets enough credit for his skill level. I agree he sometimes underperforms uh, mid-season, but he always shows up at Worlds, and I think that's most important. Uh, TL says their goal is to compete for the world's title. I don't really understand that, uh, why they would replace their best international player. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I also think TL dropping Jensen hurts the league if he doesn't fight a team. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much my take. I appreciate it. Okay. Mark, you want to kick us off? I was going to ask Ellis' opinion on, do you think Jensen was TL's best player this year? And some of just the general Jensen versus Bjergsen debate that we're going to crack into, I think, here. Um. Well, I, I'm not very high on Jensen, but like a lot a lot of the conversation that I have around it is is mostly his pro view. Uh, which, I mean... I don't know how many videos I uploaded uh, talking about his ProView. His ProView literally looks like someone who's showing up to work to, to clock in, clock out. Um, I don't agree with the idea that he is uh, like a phenomenal player by any means. I, I also don't agree with the idea that he was TL's most valuable player this year um, overall. So uh, I think that those are pretty weird. Um, I also don't know if there's like the argument that you consider between pay versus performance, because I don't think performance reflects pay. Um, I think. Then again, I will say that I think that there's probably very, very, very few players in the world, uh, maybe, maybe less than like, maybe less than 10, uh, I think that would ever be worth uh, exorbitant amounts of pay um, as an import. Um, it, it's kind of weird, right? One of the things I struggle with is discussing topics like this just verbally, right? I think it's always better to have a game open um, in front of you, and I think Jensen's pro view uh, says a lot when you actually look at it. Um, I don't know where the idea comes from. 
Well, I, I can understand where the idea comes from between him and Bjergsen. Uh, I can understand where it comes from. I just don't think that it operates in a place where you look at both of their pro views or actually both of their gameplay in isolation. Um, I mean, that, that's kind of my stance on it. I, I, I'm not, I don't want to be like super, super harsh, but at the same time, it's, it's a pretty awkward stance to defend or, or have, again, without a game open. Just for, for people, I, I would assume when you're talking about the stuff you're looking for in ProView, it's like micro mouse control, map awareness, moving around the map, looking at teammates and stuff, what's going on, and, and like those kinds of things, positioning in the lane, how they're actually playing the lane and things, rather than what I think what fans look at is like, did they get the kill? Did they do this? Did they do that kind of thing? Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm a little bit more positive on Jensen. I think... Uh, some of the criticisms that LS has are totally valid, but I think I I feel like there's this like readjustment you have to take when you start talking about what Jensen is, which is an, a North American mid laner. I know people say he's from Europe and yada yada, but he, he doesn't take up an import slot. And I think um, he had a down year, and so this feels like the worst time to make this case. I think actually overall, I was not super impressed with Jensen this year after. Being admittedly a bit of a Jensen fanboy, I think he's deserved MVPs. I think he's been an incredible asset to, to the North American scene. This is a weird year to defend him, but I do think the caller has some credence. I, I feel like it's not a coincidence that he has made it out of groups a ton of times, mm -hmm. that he is the only person to win international best of fives for North America. Um, I mean, he has had great teams around him, but I think... He has weaknesses. Like, we didn't even get into champ pool. Like, he doesn't learn new champions very quickly. He doesn't play some of the meta assassins as well as others in the melee, melee matchups and stuff. Um, but I, I do think he has a really good skill set for coordinating with teams in mid to late game situations and making plays. Um, and sometimes, I forget which game it was. He had a good early game, a couple uh, in group stage as well. I can't remember what matchup it was. Was he playing Lissandra or was he playing LeBlanc? I feel like there was a little Blanc Lissandra matchup he played. Um, I mean, I was going to ask you guys, yeah, about how, because I feel like most of the critic or most of the positivity around Jensen recently has been from his performance at Worlds this year, and so I, I don't know how you both felt if maybe well, it's so a little hyped or if it's good. What I was about to say with that was, I, yeah, it was the Icon game. Uh, he was LeBlanc, and he had a, he had a really big pop off game, and I think people, fans really give a lot of credits. Like if you see him to one v nine a game, they they really like it. Uh, and I think that's why at Worlds, his, the perception around him is is p more positive than his teammates, um, even though I don't think he's been super impressive this year. Um, Ellis, what did you think of his Worlds performance? Um, I mean, the Worlds performance, I felt like his champions were set up to be more flashy than teammates, and I think that's a thing that some people don't consider when they look at like the drafts as well as the champions that they're up against. His champions naturally more predisposition to actually look better and i know that's just arguing optics um in terms of like actual gameplay he had he had games that ended up having good score lines and, and good results in like uh, certain spots but then at the same time he had his you know his d2 aurelia uh he had his d2 aurelia game against bdd um so i mean there, there's also that aspect of it uh i mean he had he had other games where he just got completely annihilated inside of laning phase so um, again, I think when you consider everything, it's, it's somewhat favorable for him, uh, the circumstances that he found himself in comparable to teammates, but yeah, he, he, 
played fine in some moments. It's one of those things that uh, when you talk about laning, it's really hard without, again, a game in front of you, a VOD open in front of you, a pro view, etc. Uh, because of the way that like camera pans work uh, as the game is going on. But kind of, it's a little bit weird, the idea that he was uh, exponentially better than teammates. Yeah, I agree with that point that there's there's no way that he was like significant. Like he was he wasn't one v nining and like dragging TL to three and three. I, I wouldn't I don't think it's it's if anyone is painting that picture, that'd be fair. But the interesting point about this question is that it's not just Jensen in a vacuum. It's first Bjergsen. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's boy? it's so hard to evaluate Bjergsen because you like Whenever I heard Bjergsen was back on the market, I was like, this is maybe besides Doublelift now, one of the riskiest moves you can make because oh, I know there's a ton of Bjergsen fans out there who are like, of course he's going to perform, you idiot. He's Bjergsen. But I'm also like, he took a year off. He took a year off. You don't know what his motivations were for coming back. Uh, like, I... I I don't think he's going to underperform. I would not bet on that. I would still bet on Bjergsen, but it is like a, um, I mean, thank God he doesn't have a buyout. Cause can you imagine like if, the, if you had to pay $2 million just to get access to the opportunity to pay him a couple million dollars, like, but, but I, I think that that is like the really interesting thing for next year is like there, there, I honestly think there should be a lot of pressure on Bjergsen because if he comes in and is like, mediocre and then Jensen like lands a team or even worse doesn't land a team and is just theoretically better um because you know you have no pro view at all to watch or any game at all to watch it's it's I don't know I'm I'm very fascinated to see how things pan out because I I don't know and especially the world we're in now where it's not like I like I think there are a lot of team liquid fans I've been looking at the subreddit who have been who feel really unhappy in the situation because they felt very loyal to Jensen and now Jensen's like, I might be homeless uh, or might not have a team to play for, you know, or what, obviously homeless is hyperbole or hyperbole. But um, I, I just think like, I, I'm very fascinated to see how this plays out. Um, LS, you were going to say something, I think. No, I was, I was just, I was going to chime in on how it, it doesn't, I, I think the argument about NA mid laners is kind of weird when you look at them it, literally through the spectrum of how they actually are internationally um, when they end up playing at Worlds. I mean, my last memories of Bjergsen is literally the, uh, uh, the idea that it, it doesn't matter how he performs in NA or that he was literally, I think you could just solely argue the reason that TSM was even at Worlds at their last run um, but when it actually came to Worlds in terms of like mid laning capability, it, it's nothing special. Um, well, and that that's sort of an issue. I feel like that kind of strengthens what I was saying, though. Because I, I think Bjergsen always, um, I mean, people call him the GOAT for a reason. And I, and I don't disagree. I mean, I think he's arguably NA's, um, you know, number one player, number two player. But I think he has always had an issue internationally. Um, unless I, I think it's IEM was the one time internationally that he did well. I feel like he's always um, underperformed internationally. And if you can't transition your skill from NA, I think that that's a major issue. And I think Jensen can do that and has done that repeatedly. Ellis, you, you would pure, well, sorry. Ellis, you would pick Bjergsen over Jensen every time? Yeah. Mark? Or 
international performance, if I have a really good team around him, I might pick Jensen. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see how how things go. Can I uh, throw in yeah. one little extra? Sure. I I think that if TL um, does sign Bjergsen, which you know it seems like that's locked in, uh, I think it's going to hurt the league massively. Uh, I think Bjergsen wouldn't have an issue finding another team because I think his name alone pulls a lot of weight. I think if they kept Jensen and kept Bjergsen or let Bjergsen go to another team, I think that actually would strengthen NA. Well, I mean, what if you can just have Jen? Like, I, well, obviously, we don't know, but like, if Jensen ends up on TSM or EG, don't you still have both those players in the league? Yeah, I'm sorry, I was going off the assumption that he doesn't find a team. I gotcha. Okay, I think is true. I mean, by the way, the one thing I do want to want to mention in all this is like, what I think a lot of people don't consider is TSM has always been the most popular team in the LCS. And Steve acquiring Bjergsen, uh, I think there's little doubt. I mean, we don't know, but if if things work out and there's no like super team ego issues, they will very likely be a top two, if not top one team next year. And you have just crippled TSM from like a brand and performance perspective. So it's not just the gains that you get as Team Liquid; it is also the uh, like hamstringing you due to TSM in acquiring their star player from them, even even as he had switched to a coach, right? Like all you need to do is go look at the, the TSM subreddit's reaction to Bjergsen leaving. So I think personally, like I understand why Team Liquid is making that move because it is not just a good move for Team Liquid in isolation. Like all this stuff happens within the context of the broader league and like, if you've been sitting around with Envy for what TSM has for a long time and Bjergsen was their crown jewel, just nabbing that, sticking that in your crown, I think it, it does a lot. Uh, so I feel like Steve has wanted to take Bjergsen from Reggie ever since Bjergsen showed up in 2014. And he's finally done it. It was a eight-year master plan, but he did it. Where was the how did the how did he master plan? Where was the the plan? He forced Bjergsen into to becoming a the coach in the line. man is a there's, a... there's a saying here from someone, I'm sure, about patience is a virtue. And uh, he just waited till Bjergsen was over it, didn't want to be on TSM anymore, and then he struck. Gotcha. Uh, uh, Capper, Caper, Caper, thank you for the call. Uh, what do you want to shout out before we uh, take a quick break? Um, just want to shout out Alienware and uh, GameFuel. Use code Travis. Thank you so much. True. True. Have a good, one. Have a good night. Uh, <laughs> we doing an ad right now? Yes. Grab someone? Speaking of Gamefield, we'll do a we'll do an ad. Um, speaking of Gamefield, thank you so much to Mountain Dew Gamefield for sponsoring Hotline League. We love them so much. They do such wonderful things. As the caller just said, you can use code Travis to save on your order. And if you're wondering where you should order from, one, we always put a Amazon link in the description if you really must do that or if for some reason it doesn't deliver to your area, but you in most areas, almost all areas, I think, you can go to gamefield.com slash Travis and order from their site, which is really great because then you can get access to the Gamefield Victory Pass Rewards program where you can unlock all sorts of cool stuff every time that you order a case, including physical goods like shirts, controller skins, headset stands, etc. It's really cool the kind of things that you can get just by ordering a delicious beverage. 
unfortunately for all of you, I guess I, I, there's no point in promoting it because you can't get it anymore. But Mark Zimmerman, for the first time to dry, to, today, tried the Courageous Sherbet flavor and loved it. Uh, so if they ever bring it back, just know Mark was very enthusiastic about it when he tried it. And I just, I've hogged it all to myself uh, through its entire time. I was real upset that I dared crack one of his, but... It's true. He I could tell you. tell you guys. I was like, at first I was like, no, 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 don't. That. Don't even open it. That's, yeah. I was like, this is limited. Okay, I don't want to lose another one of them. I'm running out of them. I only have like six left or something, maybe even less. Um, and it's it's very sad. But anyway, thank you so much to Gamefield. Check out the link in the description of the YouTube video, and I will also put exclamation mark Gamefield there. I know, okay, I will say this also, because I know that we've done some giveaways recently uh, for Gamefield, and some folks have not gotten theirs. Uh, I think that there's just a, I've been talking to, to Mountain Dew Gamefield about this. Uh, they are still in process. I understand that there's been some issues. I apologize for you on behalf of them. Uh, I think it's just a, a method or it's just a side effect of the way that they distribute this stuff. Um, so don't worry, they're still coming. I apologize, we haven't had this issue for the vast majority of the year. I think it's just a tiny little blip right now. Who knows, perhaps connected to the supply stuff or whatever that's happening around the around the world. But they're coming. I apologize on, on that. But we're I think they're going to try to do something special for you guys. So, uh, But feel free to message me if you guys continue to have issues. But I, I've, I've talked to them. It should be good. Uh, thank you to Boner Kill and Soybeans nice. for the subs. You must get, I feel like you probably get even crazier sub names than I do, LS. Uh, there's got to be some some really spooky ones on your on your side that are subbing to you. Um, uh, you know, it's fine. Yes. Uh, thank you to Blue F or thank you to Blue Frost for joining the show. Uh, where are you calling from? Uh, calling from Seattle. Seattle. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I had to, I was looking to some of the you know success of the show Arcane, and while I think it could easily be a boost for the casual league player base. I'm skeptical, if not doubtful, that it's going to make any real dents in the competitive scene or solving any of the issues with you know, not having enough tryhard players in, most, in NA. Okay, so we should say, first off, no spoilers during this discussion. Uh, so Sorry, I, I'm only in the middle of the second episode, so... Okay, good, yeah, so no spoilers for you. Well, maybe right. if you'd finished episode three, you would realize it's going to make a huge dent in the issues that we have mr only halfway through the second episode also how do you get halfway <laughs> through an episode i was watching it like leading up to the leading up to mark calling me in okay uh gotcha so then you wouldn't have known that episode three is actually about esports and it's all <laughs> a big gateway drug into league esports yes yes episode <laughs> three vi sits down in front of an alienware computer for the first time and realizes that being a hero is actually about playing League of Legends competitively. Okay. Vi actually end up hating each other because they were dueling a bot lane and like Jinx was feeding and then Vi hated her and then <laughs> it's they, major conflict. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so first off, I feel like we need to lay a little bit of groundwork for where this conversation is coming from because I think a lot of people don't realize that there there has been some hope um, from folks. In fact, I even saw a Reddit thread yesterday from people saying like, hey, uh, wow, if this show breaks out in the mainstream and like really does a ton to push League of Legends, especially in North America, we could see a huge surge in players because as Mark has talked about previously, there's a good chance that the player base issues in North America are part of the reason why we have a harder time fielding competitive rosters because we don't have as many people to pull from. 
and so getting more people to be passionate about League of Legends uh, will perhaps lead to a surge in players, which could lead into a surge in competitiveness. Uh, I don't know, uh, Blue Frost, if you had additional points you wanted to make uh, or well, if you just I'll wanted say to take, respond to that. Some things that we, like I was trying to find this out before, trying to actually find this out was, or how many of the you know, how many of the arcane viewer like what portion of the arcane viewer base are already like in with the league lore and how much of that viewer base is new? I hypothesize a lot of it is new based on the fact that you know we have a lot more Netflix subscribers than league players. However, if you're thinking about the reasons that you know someone would get into the game, at least based on arcane, I still. Th- I kind of struggled to see how there would be a significant portion of that player base that like perhaps they're more interested in the IP and the story building than they are in the competitive nature. Like somebody yeah, who's watching Arcane is like, I want to go play League of Legends. It's because they're like, I want to explore the lore more. I want to uh, connect with these characters. Not like I want to go shit on somebody and become challenger and North okay. America. So here's the interesting question I'll pose to Twitch chat, and you should make a poll for this, Travis. How many people got into League of Legends for the esports versus you found out about the esports after joining for literally any other reason? Because your friends played, because it looked cool, because you needed a new game to play, you know, you saw cinematic, you know, like whatever reason. How many were before esports versus after? You making a Twitch poll? Yes, I'm typing it up right now. What about you, LS? Coming from oh, I, well, I, yeah, I mean, my, my whole thing is, uh, I think I was 11 years old and, um, I think I was searching online. I was looking, I was looking for like Starcraft strategy or something like that. And there was this, uh, website that showed me Korean pro league. Uh, it was a website called like Yao Yan or something like that. I, I still remember it. Uh, I clicked on the website and it had like player histories of like all the pro players playing in the pro circuit. I think it was OSL. Um, and that's how I got into it. I was actually looking for like something competitive. So and then, yeah. the survey right now is showing... Later, here we are. The survey is showing among this very biased audience, which is the Hotline League viewership... Uh, Wait, I didn't to... see the poll. What the fuck? I don't. I don't know I don't why know. you see it. It's on. It's on the Twitch chat right now. Um, uh, wow! I, did, I, I don't expect that turnout. I'm, I'm trying to see. Wait, it. what is it? It sounds so interesting. Among, I'm trying to pull too, actually. Among it's almost four to one. It's it's twenty two percent esports and seventy seven percent anything else. Um. So and this is this is among a this is a, a stream that is heavily biased. I would argue towards esports. So. If anything, we're inflating that number bigger, not the 76%. Yeah. Or whatever. So I, I would say in that sense, and, and I'm not going to push that like Arcane is going to save NA or anything like that, but I do think it's potentially underestimating the influence that a show can have in something's popularity. Um, so, you know, not saying everyone, like Arcane reaches... 50 million people what percentage of that actually installed the game afterwards who weren't already players yeah here's here's a question know, for percent. You. how many of that percent get into esports another very small percent so like you, you don't really know how many you're you're going towards and here's a question for you blue frost you might have be in a situation where like somebody goes to 
like they're they're in high school or early college um and they hear about arcane maybe they see it on netflix or like they've got some friends that play and so then they go and watch it and then they're like oh this is awesome and so they want to play league of legends so they convince a couple friends to go download league of legends um to play with them because like i think one of the major reasons ways people get introduced to league of legends is by a friend who's playing league of legends those yeah, friends why doesn't might be like yeah. that they might those other people might go then watch a twitch stream or watch lcs or something because they're interested in the game and they might be more competitive minded and then those people get inspired to try to climb the ladder so even if it's not necessarily the person who comes in directly because of arcane there's like a tremendous network effect with games like league where like the, you know they might invite two people to play with them one of which is somebody who really wants to compete or is competitive or wants to climb ladder or whatever. Alice, you were going to say? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, well, no. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with this. I mean, I think League of Legends, I mean, I, I, I was just going to actually make a joke that why doesn't, you know, Riot just do something with uh, the player base thing, but actually I just lost my train of thought. I think one of the problems, though, is that if you are a new person and you go on the Twitch.tv category depending on where when you go on whoever's at the top of the list might actually heavily impact uh your perception of the game um like right now if you know you're a young kid you're coming straight off of arcane show and you head to the twitch category and you see mammoth man 65 in the mid lane or whatever lane he's playing right now i mean of course you're gonna get inspired like no doubt like <laughs> you're probably you probably want to become the next president at that point but like you know we can't we can't all have that so Depends. <laughs> okay, so it's just yeah, so Travis, your point is 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 a network effect where you have a group of people watch Arcane, get into league, and then through them they start, you know, have other gamer friends or whatever and bring those people into the game. However, yes. on the point of Twitch streams, we also a lot of streamers have a reputation for really complaining about the game. Like they so, and on that point, especially about Alice's point, about like the streamer they see, again, this is in the hypothetical case of someone gets into League of Legends and then goes off to Twitch, that could really influence their experience. To your point though, most popular streamers are highly skilled, high elo and solo queue, whether they're like Diamond, Master, or higher on the ladder. That's definitely something in your, a point in your favor. And a lot of times, especially in the mornings, that could be faker. The going. So, so I, I would say, like, I don't think the, the skill of the player matters that much to a newly joined Twitch viewer. Like, they don't even know what skilled really means. You know, like, oh, I'm just watching someone to see like how this game plays more or not. I think the, you don't need to get into all the specific scenarios. The point is that there is a web of what ifs that you're going to hit with each new person that you bring in, and and anyone will tell you. The marketing and stuff what you're trying to do is just get people in the funnel you just want to get them going down there you want to cast a wide net and just get them going in and you want to get as many barriers out of the way you want to make it as smooth and easy as it can be and you're trying to get people to play the game and that's it and and from there the more you can do the better and you're hoping one of these other things hooks them something in the client speaks to them something on youtube something on reddit something on twitch you don't need to go and actually point out every single person on twitch to get there so some portion will find esports through arcane that is 
not debatable. Is it enough to significantly impact NA's performance at Worlds in two to three years because a bunch of high schoolers, some non-negligible portion, became really good at League because of Arcane? I don't know, but I mean, it just depends it on the is. scale. Like that's well, the right. thing. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like if 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 two million people total start playing League in North America because of Arcane right now, NA's fucking ranked player base is under a million. You know, like it's actually not that impossible to make a a, a big splash in NA. Like we don't have a giant server. It's it's not that hard to to have some level of influence. And and again, so many of these different things. To Mark's point, like. It doesn't have to be they go to a Twitch stream and they're like, oh, this player's not good or whatever. It could be like their favorite YouTuber decides to try League of Legends after the Arcane or, they, or after Arcane comes out or they come back or like you see people tweeting about it or it gets mentioned offhand on a podcast or it like their their friends at school decide to do it or any they see Arcane and they, they both like lore and competitiveness. And so they come in like there's so many reasons to think that like this could have some impact that saying that it can't i think is just a very very bold take um as Selling i guess Mario says you're overestimating this dota also had an animated series yeah the dota animated series did not premiere number one in 38 countries the dota animated series was not super watched it did not break out it. there was not yeah. i think a huge marketing push behind it the same way that this has like i Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that there was a ton of like, like they were not renting out the Burj Khalifa. Is that how you say it? Uh, and the giant skyscrapers around the world to promote it. Like the the scale is uh, a little different, I think, for this. This isn't me trying to flame the show. I'm just saying like, Dota just look at the results. Yeah, I'm just like, look at the two results. Look at the two effort put in. You know, and it it was a fine show, but. It's just it, a question of can North America can this influence just our little area, potentially. Potentially, I'm I'm just saying like yeah. It could. I'm. We should definitely temper expectations. And also, I just went to IMDb. Uh, on IMDb, Dota the Dota show is eight out of ten with thirteen thousand ratings, but Arcane is nine point four out of ten with eight point six k, and. Dota, the Dota show has been on Netflix for way longer. Yeah. Since like March. So definitely we, I don't think it's really asking a comparison. I mean, I don't think they were trying, like, I don't think Dragon's Blood was probably, like, probably took six years to build and like, like it was just it a different level of commitment. Like Riot, I think. Later. It's, it's very much more for like the fans, I think. Yeah. You yeah. know, it is still something that's going to hook people in, you know? Yeah. Although, one thing I actually want to know is how, like, how many, I don't think a lot of players on the North American server actually do play ranked. Like, there's a lot. There's a, probably a broader, majority. broader discussion, Blue Frost, that I think we don't have time for, unfortunately. But, but, uh, but I do want to thank you for the call. Is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to our okay. next caller? Uh, I do want to shout out the coincidence that uh, Ellis and I, we share the same first name, both named Nick. Nice. Uh, yeah. Well, I I know he will probably feel connected to you uh, through that. I do, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, oh, go on. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna no, shout no, that no, out. No, but, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. And then also, Jim. No, and I want to shout out. So I've got the using using an Alienware monitor, so it's been treating me well so far. Very good. Well, all thank right, you. Have so, a good night. 
thank you so much uh, for the call. All right, bye. Yeah. Mark is off to go grab what might be our last caller of the night. Oh. Uh, I, I am Elvis Four, uh, Skix, Car Keys, and Toaster Child. Thank you, everybody, for the sub. Uh, and it looks like Vexed Shinobi is here. Vexed, where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from Virginia. Virginia, nice. What do you want to talk about on the show? So <clears throat> I have a take, and I think it stems from what Andy said as a uh, as an answer to the Q&A that he did um, in the Reddit forum. And, and I think Andy basically yeah. my take is teams currently are acting, at least in this offseason, like they don't want to go after super teams because there's this assumption, just like Andy said, that the overall viewership and fan base in League of Legends specifically is only a small portion of the total fan base and viewership of specific teams. So for example, in TSM, Andy said it's only 15% League of Legends. So I can't excuse a high amount of money spending on a League of Legends roster only when I want to spread out to 16 additional esport teams. However, I think that that's not exactly a good approach because the lackluster performance of NA has caused only a small portion of the fan base to be coming from League of Legends specifically. If the teams were performing in world scenes much better, the League of Legends fan base in NA teams would have been much larger as a portion of the total fan base. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't, one, I don't think spending necessarily equates to world success. And I think we've seen that. Two, if Andy says he can't spend justify spending more because they don't have enough, it's not popular enough. Uh, I would say, well, he, I don't know how he justified it last year then, because he definitely spent way, way, way more last year. Uh, clearly, he can at times, just maybe not for next year. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I very, I mean, obviously, I don't know his numbers, and you know, it's it's weird to, but like. It's hard to imagine that only 15% of TSM's following comes from uh, League of Legends. I think it's after maybe... Bjergsen left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> fair fair point. Lower, actually, like... <laughs> fair point. How fair point. There? I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the the I think the big thing like in my take is basically if if the teams are approaching um, amount of spending or effort in their team in esports because of course from a business perspective you have multiple esports that you're attacking right it's not just League of Legends only for majority of them if your approach is I'm going to equate the amount of money I'm spending or effort that I'm putting in a roster based on the yield of return that I'm expecting of the percentage of the fan base, I think you're just getting diminishing returns and eventually you're slowly Because you're always going to invest less because the fans, exactly. because the more, less you invest, you think that, so here's, here's where I think there's a disconnect. Your argument seems to imply that the less you spend or that the amount you spend is directly linked to how many viewers there will be. And while well, I... I do agree that that in some sense, like you obviously, if you went and just go went and field, fielded, like if everybody fielded a bunch of players nobody cared about next year, and they all were terrible, then like people would not watch. 
But I don't think there's a world where like if all the LCS teams sp- doubled their sat their their budgets, I don't think we would get double the viewership. I also don't even know if we'd get twenty percent better viewership. To be quite honest, like I just don't agree with the assessment that like you you everybody should be spending more because that will mean more viewership. The other thing uh, vexed is that like oh. these player these owners are all the ones driving up their own prices. So like somebody pointed this out to me recently that was like year over year since like 2018 or something salaries have dramatically climbed in the LCS. World's performance has not climbed at all. In fact, it dropped off for 2 years and then we got one team out of groups this year. So instead of everybody spending to do better at Worlds, the only thing that they have done is increase the cost of winning a, a League of Legends LCS final. So they've just made it more expensive for all the different teams to win LCS. The cost of lifting that trophy is higher than it's ever been. And so like when you're in that environment, uh, I like I actually, as much as I'm really worried about them not fielding very interesting teams next year, I'm also very hopeful that we will see um, downward pressure on salaries in the LCS because I know people always comment on the YouTube videos and go like, why does he care about health? I care about health of the LCS because I think it's bad if like all these teams go bankrupt or pull out because it's too expensive yep. to compete in. So um, I, I, I am, look, I hope TSM pits together a competitive and compelling roster. I'm not going to blame him for not, for not spending five to 6 million on a roster next year. If he doesn't, you know, I was going to open the can of worms to LS. Oh, mm-hmm. why is NA not good? Oh boy. What? Why are you, you're doing this at the end? You're doing this at where you yeah, always want to leave. That. You've just well, given. We started late. We started late. We'll go a little late. I'm fine with it, but you always want to get out of here. And now, okay, everybody. No, because no, Travis is all well. If we go, if we spend, we don't need to spend money to be good. How do we get good if we're not just buying the best players from around the world? That my little NA brain doesn't get it. I need a big brain from from the LCK to to tell us what our problems are. Okay, why we're not winning? It's Everyone, not welcome to LS to the TED Talk stage. Here we go. I think. Uh, I mean, we've, we've already had culture talks like in the past, like there's lots of YouTube videos on this from like several people that uh, reference culture. Um, the only games that North America tends to do well in are either game, well, North America tends to do well in brand new games uh, for about the one to two year mark uh, if the game is a global scale game. Uh, this is demonstrated across multiple esports. Um, it's also demonstrated though that global scale games uh, across multiple esports, North America always starts to lag behind uh, really quickly. Um, people will cite Smash, which is mostly just NA versus EU, and EU is significantly crippled compared to North America. So I don't think Smash is a great reference point. Um, and people will also cite like Mortal Kombat, which no one plays seemingly except for North America. Um, I, I think that games, fighters in particular, uh, where you know other regions, most notably Japan, uh, chose to play it, uh, North America eventually started to lag behind and ultimately ended up succumbing to uh, pressures from other regions. I think this is demonstrated for the last 23 years of esports history, starting with uh, Warcraft 2 and Starcraft uh, 1. Um, so I think if the question is, why does NA fail despite the amount of uh, finance injected into it, it's because the finance is coming from a place of uh, non-specialists hiring specialists. And when you have that going on, you're going to get a bad mix of inflation in terms of salary and spending and all this other stuff. But I'm not going to say that this is just a North America problem because it's not. 
uh, non-specialist hiring specialists is a, a global problem. Um, the problem becomes more prevalent when you have the North American big bucks, um, you know, behind it, and it, it looks worse than it is. But I, it, it's not just in anything. So we can't so, just spend our way out of the problem, LS, is what uh, what we're getting at. Yes. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think that you just spend your way out of the problem. I think uh, the I think this is uh, so earlier we had a caller and I, I disagreed with the idea that like next year is not exciting for NA. I think next year is actually one of the most exciting. You have a lot of um, resident players that are better than actual American players coming back. Um, and then in addition to that, you have, you know, some people getting green cards that thus make them residents, which now opens the gates for more good players to come in. Um, I think that it's the turning point. I think I think that uh, next year with some of the rosters and some of the imports coming in, it's the first time I'm excited to watch LCS um, because I think that LCS on co-streamer paper, by the way. Well, yeah, I mean, co-streaming, but so I think I think next year is really interesting because it could be a year where NA actually has like multiple rosters that in theory, maybe wouldn't make like NA like a massive underdog in the 10v10 hypothetical world versus LEC or something like that. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I'm actually excited for LCS next year with, with all of the potential rosters that can happen, new imports, green cards, etc. I think it makes it holistically more competitive, um, but the problem still remains that you have all non-specialists hiring specialists. You have a lot of recycling going on, and you have a lot of fans that have no idea about uh, coaching staffs or infrastructure or anything. I mean, this is even relevant here. Um, if you just look at like some of the the off-season like coaching staff shuffles that are being talked about right now globally, um, I think it, it really sheds light on just how out of touch or detached from reality a lot of people are when it comes to specific roles and titles and these the random arbitrary knowledge or power that is bestowed to aforementioned titles without any credence behind them. There's one person on the show right now that I think could fix a lot of this. If only it had worked out and he'd become a coach, Mark Zimmerman. All right. Why did you leave coaching to become a content creator? You jerk. How dare you? Them, them players though. Um, <laughs> One thing Alice said that was interesting there was the whole, um, you know, more players getting green cards, more imports coming over. And like, there's been this sentiment for a while in the NA scene about um, how many imports is too many, even if they get regionalized. I don't quite know the, the proper term for it, but like people like FBI is technically a North American now and who he and like, you know, there's zero North American players sent by 100 Thieves and if TL make it and 100 Thieves make it next year, that's zero players between those two teams now, you know? And like slowly there's zero NA players born North America. I don't know if LS, like I've never asked where LS lands on that that topic. Do, do you think, like you don't give a shit, I assume, given your background about like players switch swapping, oh my God, I can't speak, swapping home regions. Uh, no, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think anything of it. Um, I'm totally fine if NA is all imports and all this other stuff. I think that the data also supports it as well. Um, I think that it's the, it's the vocal, uh, small minority, uh, or, or whatever, um, that, you know, obviously is like, ah, we need NA resident players and yada, yada, yada. If that were the case, Golden Guardians would have higher viewership. Academy would have high view, uh, viewership. NA local resident streamers would have high viewership. 
um, you know, all this other type of stuff, right? Because people would migrate to those areas, but um, it's not actually the case. So I'm all for opening up the gates. Um, I mean, NA as a country pulls from all areas of the world, right? With the cultures, languages, and, and everything, it, it seems kind of weird, um, especially since we see it in sports uh, even as well. People I think the only thing like... that would make me sad about because I, I like I don't I think of Core JJ as an LCS player like it's very funny to me whenever people point at Bjergsen and are like you had to go to Europe to make your team I'm like eh, we pulled Bjergsen a long time ago right at the beginning of his career right. I don't think he's really like a LEC import um, the only thing that makes me sad about a world where we see a hundred T LCS or hundred TTL final next year or 200 TTL finals and mm -hmm. none of them are fielding North American players is like, I do think that it is important for somebody who is growing up in Toronto or uh, Atlanta or someplace to be able to feel like they have an opportunity to compete in an LCS final at some point in time, if they like go out and try and build themselves and do all that stuff. So I, I think from a, like just the native North American players being represented, like that is important to me because I think that that's the type of thing that does inspire players from like on our servers to try to compete and become better and get get their way into the LCS. Um, but certainly it's not a thing where I'm like ban, ban all imported players or whatever. So okay. wouldn't you think, Travis, like yeah. to your point, because I, I agree, right? Like I think NLS hit, uh, I think the nail in the head infrastructure is a big issue in, in NA and in a lot of issue and a lot of topics when it comes to sports or esports. Um and it is the non-specialist buying specialists. However, don't you think, Travis, to your point, that if you had a super team TL, and let's assume they mash together and they just smash everyone, right? Not even one loss. You have all these teams that are trying to build NA talent but they have no chance that's still demoralizing so instead of kind of shifting like the big names shifting the big team names like c9 tsm etc to a fully na roster that in theory doesn't hold a candle to a super team you still bring two three people that you think can carry the team and slowly start injecting na new talent that can Make yeah, it. I would never suggest that the bottom eight teams of the LCS should only be North American players. And mm -hmm. I, I honestly, I don't think anybody really suggests that. Like, I, I don't. Uh, you obviously that is what a lot of people think. I also don't think that you necessarily need to run an import or two on every single team. Like, every team is going to have different objectives, um, mm -hmm. and so for like a, a development. Like you're like, yeah, these development rosters may stand no chance. Yeah, maybe, but that doesn't mean that those players can't learn, that they can't stand out, that you can't be like, wow, this player, like a lot of people I think this year are are interested to see where Blaze Olive goes because he had a terrible spring, but his summer started to look a lot better. And like maybe and and maybe there's a world where this year he starts to break out and then he gets acquired next year. Like look at at the hundred T um side. Like obviously those three players on Golden Guardians were import players, right? But nobody had like a ton of faith in those three players. And then like one year, they were on a development roster. And then one year later, they ended up winning the LCS. Uh, so 
I like I I don't know. I think it's uh, obviously I think it's fine to have players that come over here. Um, but I just disagree with the idea that like every team needs to feel like their goal is to like compete with the super teams or something. You know, that's my take. Anyway. Vexed, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out here uh, before we wrap up the show? Um, uh, Alienware, G Fuel, uh, Game Travis Fuel, and Mark. True. Um, I think you guys are doing a spectacular job, and I want to see more of LS. I know there's been a lot of like talks for like ups and downs, but I think LS has a really interesting and different perspective, and I think people should be more respective to different perspectives um and more open to it than uh, they currently are in the fan base overall do not say that you want to see more of ls because what? i feel so bad for ls the amount of work that he does and the amount of shows he appears on and all the content he's creating and all the streaming no one should want to see more of ls because this man will burn himself out and then you will see no ls I took I a six-week the... break, Travis. We're good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's helpful. You should do more of that because I worry about you sometimes whenever... Travis tries to get the leg up on his competition. He's like, oh, wow, yeah, Dominate. Such a hard-working individual. He should take a six-month break. I uh, will LS never I will never get a leg up on LS. Uh, but LS will literally be like... Break. LS will uh, be, literally be like, just finish co-streaming and doing shows for the past 15 hours my eyes are bleeding, so I can't see the screen anymore. So I'm sorry. I really let you all down, but I guess I have to turn off the stream for a little bit while my eyes stop bleeding. And then, like, four hours later, he'll be like, all right, guys, Dom and I are doing our show now. Everybody tune in, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Jesus, this man. Um, deserve, you deserve all the success you have, LS, because you outwork uh, everybody. Even, even just on that front, you deserve it. But I... Uh, I do worry whenever anybody wants you to do more. It drives me crazy. Um, Thank you, Travis. Yeah. Vexed, uh, thanks so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Yeah, have a good one. Uh, okay. Uh, that is the show. Uh, Mark, what do you want to shout out here? Um, you have one thing you should shout out, all right? At the very least. I think my Discord did the thing where you were muted for a little bit, and I think you asked me to do a shout out, and then no one was talking, and because you were waiting for me to do a shout out, but I didn't hear your. What is your shout out, Mark? Shout out our Genshin YouTube channel. There we go. I just put up my account review so people can see where I'm at in that game, um, and that's it. Yeah, we we're so intimidated by how hard LS works that we're planning our escape out of League of Legends, and Genshin Impact is the way we're going to do it. So. Go check out TGI Genshin, the new YouTube, the new hottest YouTube channel that will hopefully not be abandoned, as Mark says, in in a couple of weeks. But it won't be. I won't let you abandon this one like you abandoned that goddamn book channel. It's. I just posted to it a couple of weeks ago. Resin Refresh is our the name of our new Genshin Impact uh, show. We'll We're be doing it again tomorrow. tomorrow, live at around noonish. Yeah, twelve probably noon, twelve thirty, something like that. I I have to do Rift reaction, then we do it afterwards. Uh, LS, what do you want to shout out? What do you want to plug? Uh, Twitch.tv slash LulTyler1. There you go. That's a, a perfect shout-out. No, hopefully uh, everybody enjoyed having LS on. Thank you for, for making it. I'm sad we couldn't get you last week, but I'm glad we had you on this week. It's a good episode uh, to have you on. Everybody go check out LS's content. Uh, I assume the vast majority of you already do, but go check it out because he does great stuff. Um, and for me, uh, check out Resin Refresh. Uh, it's on the TGI Genshin YouTube channel. Uh, you can just go look for it. And uh, 
We've already gotten some love from the Genshin community, so that's been pretty cool. Mark's spamming stuff in the chat. Uh, and he, he put a timestamp in it, so now his video is going to start at 45 time seconds. Got auto put in there. That's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, whatever. Well, just don't watch the first 45 seconds is what Mark is telling yeah, you. Yeah, that's really bad 45 oh, seconds. The other thing is Mark and I did a, uh, a review of Arcane, uh, the first act. So go check that out. It'll be going up probably when this around the time that this video goes up on the YouTube channel. Uh, so uh, check it out. Anyway, that's Hotline League, everyone. Thanks, LS, again, and we'll catch you next week.